eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of champions. I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. I am not joined alongside... My normal partner here on the podcast of champions, David Woods, uh, from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site, on that twenty four seven Sports Network. He is not here. He is in uh, beautiful Hawaii, and uh, we're going to hear from him. Though he left a voicemail, I haven't listened to it yet, so we can all listen to it together. But yeah, he's in Hawaii traveling for UCLA basketball. So I'm going to do a solo show today. A lot of stuff to get to, all the newsy stuff that Dave hates, I'll be able to do that. Uh, Recapping all of the Week 12 action, I'll give you some thoughts on everything that's going on uh, Week 12 in Pac-12 football, and uh, talk about our picks, our new power rankings, there's some other news, Um, interesting little part of the AP poll we can talk about, Uh, Friday night road teams uh, in the Pac-12, their terrible record. And John Wilner had an update on the uh, legal situation for the Pac-2 going forward. So we'll get to all that. And there's a there's a uh, we have a new Jake Browning Award uh, for a player coming back uh, for the Utes. We'll talk about all that. And we have the um, tiebreaker for our survival pool. So a lot to get to without uh, our friend um, David David Woods. But I do want to thank our sponsor before we get into everything, uh, my bookie. So you can skip the arguments. With Uncle Dave on Thanksgiving and focus on what really matters, good food, boosted odds, and hitting those turkey day parlays. So you can picture this, not just watching games, but turning every second into a potential win. With MyBookie, you can stream the games and live bet them and turn any game day into a payday. So you rate it up your game. You can sign up today and make your first deposit with promo code PAC12 for a sweet deposit bonus of up to 1000 bucks. That's a great holiday gift. Promo code PAC12 to claim your bonus. It's This isn't just a promo code. It's your secret weapon to get the extra edge on the house. The best part is you don't need to be a sports whiz to win at MyBookie. You can cash in on everything from politics to your favorite shows and then some. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my 
Bookie. So thanks to my bookie for that. And I want to thank everyone. Uh, you sent a bunch of questions. Uh, you can email us, pac12podcast at gmail.com or call or text us at 424-532-0678. You can tweet us at pac12podcast and the website, as always, pac12podcast.com with all of our content. The Apple Podcasting app is great if you want to follow us there and leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate that. Dave usually reads those, so if there's any new ones, I will get, I'll let Dave get to that. And speaking of Dave, it's happy, It's his birthday, so happy birthday to David David Woods, who's not here. Probably won't be listening to the show because doesn't usually do that, so I can say whatever I want about him, and I'll never get back to him unless you want to tweet at him. And feel free to do that, uh, at David David Woods, if you want to tweet at him. You can tag me uh, at Inside Troy, and of course, uh, Pacto Podcast, if you want to tag the show. Uh, let's play the voicemail from David uh, from Hawaii. I'm curious to see what he has to say. Here he is. Hello. It is I, David Woods, calling from the beautiful city of Honolulu, near Waikiki Beach, staring at the beautiful mountains of Hawaii. And contemplating those mountains, I contemplate the mountain that Lincoln Riley has had to climb at USC and the mountain still before him. Uh, clearly, roster challenges and just the inertia of the USC institution has made it so difficult for him uh, to be 18 and 8 at this point in his USC tenure is truly a, a remarkable achievement. I think to establish a sense of security for him, for his progeny, for everyone involved, to understand USC has its man, has him for the long term. I think a 10-year extension uh, negotiated today at the latest tomorrow, is in order. Uh, he is truly a motivator, truly a competitor, and truly his team did not quit like dogs in the first quarter of that game. Uh, I will not be addressing anything else about this weekend. Goodbye. <laughs> well, thanks, uh, David. I, I like, you know, he had, he had a, some time and decided to go with the Keep Lincoln Riley on board, troll. Um, interesting one, uh, considering what UCLA is sort of going through now. Uh, you know, over at Bro, they did report that Chip Kelly was um, going to be fired uh, as early as after the USC game. Of course, you get the big win, win by three scores. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Casey Wasserman, who's a big uh, USCLA booster, came out and said that's not true. Um, Martin Jarmon said it was clickbait, the uh, UCLA athletic director. I guess it's still possible if if UCLA loses to Cal, but I think it would be really hard to make a change now. So it's kind of interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but yeah, so I think David was uh, looking forward to potentially like a coaching search, which is one of the bigger um, as far as like revenue goes on the websites, coaching searchers are the best. Um, and it seemed like UCLA was kind of heading there, but, uh, well, at least from what they're reporting, doesn't seem like that's the case now. So, but thanks David for, for that one and a happy birthday. Hope you're enjoying the islands and uh potential chip Kelly extension coming up, which would be uh, great. You got You need that going into the big 10. Um, okay. So. What do we want to talk about today? It's week 12. I'll get, I'll get to all the games um, and uh, some of the news and notes from all of them. The uh, Pac-12 power rankings that I just did. A few things, a few notes. Um, I wanted to go over the uh, tiebreaker for our survival pool. We did get all four, uh, four players who came in tied, sent in their picks. Um, so I'll go over them. Justin had Stanford and a total of 69. Um, we had Colt, who was the super chat guy. He had Cal winning. So he got that right. And, uh, 55 total points. Jake, uh, had Cal winning 52 points. And then Sam had Cal winning with 49 points. The actual game was Cal won, and the total was only 42 points. So Sam, congratulations. Uh, you are our winner. Um, Colt. You know, you came in third, but you did give a super chat. So I don't know. We're we're tore on that. So we'll figure something out. Um, Sam, congrats, and uh, Colt for the super chat. Thank you very much. We aren't doing a simulcast uh, today. Just if you're listening 
um, and you were like, oh, I'm going to go check on the YouTube since I'm just doing it by myself. So we're just uh, no no YouTube today. Um, so no Super Chats today. But thank you, uh, everyone that took part in it. Thank you, Matthew, for running it um, and the tiebreaker. Sam, you win. So we'll, we'll, we'll send something. I will find out if... Uh, you know, jockey still might be involved a little bit. If we can get you a jockey DF card, we'll, we'll figure out something for you and see if you can do something for you too, Cole. But thanks everyone for t- participating. That was awesome. Uh, we do have a much clearer picture of Las Vegas. And uh, by the way, man, I'm looking at, if you don't, if you're not going or if you're going rooms, at least with the MGM properties where I usually stay are astronomical that weekend. Um, I was going to go out there. USC has a basketball game against Gonzaga the following day on Saturday but I haven't booked my room yet, but holy crap, they're, uh, they look pretty bad uh, as far as expensive. Uh, but I think Bellagio was cheaper than like MGM. So there might be UFC. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, I think you know, I was out there when Usher was playing uh, like a week or two ago. And then I guess Usher is going to be there that weekend too. And there's some other stuff going on. But yeah, rooms are expensive. So if you haven't booked yet, if you're a Washington fan, you can book it because they clinched the number one seed in Las Vegas. They'll be the home team. We don't know who they're going to play, but we know it's down to two. There was a lot of uh, opportunities for teams to sort of sneak in this past weekend, but that was mostly cleared up. It's going to be Oregon or Arizona. The Ducks are in if they win. They control their own destiny. They can beat Oregon State and get into the Pac-12 championship game for a rematch against Washington. Um, remember last year, uh, there was a... Rematch where Utah beat USC in Salt Lake City. And then in a neutral field, Utah won again. Washington beat Oregon in Seattle. And they have the potential to face again on a neutral field. And uh, so the Ducks need to beat Oregon State. Or Arizona just loses to ASU. Doesn't seem likely, but okay. Uh, I mean, neither of those scenarios seem likely as far as Oregon State winning. But we'll see. Oregon State has a chance. And uh, I don't think ASU does. But so the Wildcats have to beat ASU and then they need the Ducks to lose. So that's pretty simple with what's going on. Uh, The breaking news I just saw before I recorded. Um, Utah quarterback Cam Rising, who, if you remember, came to Pac-12 Media Day. His knee was super close. He was hurt last year. The Rose Bowl. um, Multiple ligaments. uh, He revealed later on that was a much more a serious near injury than anyone knew. He says one more year. So he wants to come back. So he tweeted that out. So Cam Rising looks like we'll be back uh, in Salt Lake for the Utes and uh, Cam Rising back. So that'll be an interesting one heading into the Big 12. I also want to talk about the AP poll. Washington moved up a spot. They are now in the top four. They have been five uh, and Florida State who lost their starting quarterback Moved back a spot. So Washington moves up. Oregon stays at six. The interesting aspect is Oregon State is at 15 at eight and three. Arizona is at at 16 at eight and three. But Arizona beat OSU. So I'm not sure why they're right next to each other. And Arizona had beat them head to head. But whatever. Uh, Utah. They are just out of the poll. They're at number 26 receiving votes. And UCLA still has a little life. They're number 35 uh, still receiving votes. All right, our buddy John Wilner uh, had this fact that he tweeted out I wanted to share. So the uh, the Friday night game was uh, Colorado at Washington State. We'll get to that one in a little bit. But um, the home team won. Washington State won. Just a little spoiler there for you. Wilner reported, for the Pac-12 era, the road teams on Friday night Pac-12 games are four and 118. Like, think about that. Four and 118. Now, a lot of that's Larry Scott, terrible scheduling stuff that just put teams in bad positions, but that is a really horrible, horrible record for Friday night road teams uh, in the Pac-12 era. So, thanks for Wilner for that one. He also um, had a story where he talked to some sources in Oregon State, Washington State. Apparently, they reached out to the NCAA to make sure that their bylaws stated they could remain a conference with the two teams, the Cougs and the Beavs, for up to two years as a grace period. Uh, they're, they're supposed to have eight teams to be a recognized NCAA conference, but you are allowed a two-year grace period. The NCAA said, yep, you interpreted that correctly. 
So they can come back as the Pac-2 next year. Um, apparently, the assets and intellectual property uh, are worth about $100 million. So it's worth keeping the conference intact instead of just letting it uh, disappear um, and just kind of wash away. Uh, they are saying that, you know, from what the, the you know, Wilner sources at Oregon State or Washington State, they're not going to spend all the money. It's supposed to be $420 million of distributions for this, you know, 2023, 2024. Um, there's probably going to be some kind of settlement when that comes to that. Maybe they get a little bit more. But they're not using the money from the conference or whatever extra shares they get to buy out Mountain West schools, really just trying to keep funding their athletic departments at the levels that they were as a Power Five conference and kind of figure out where to go from there. Um, from all it looks like, what they're, if they do the Pac 2, which that's what it seems like, they don't have a deal with the Mountain West yet, but it would be six or seven games against Mountain West schools. We talked about this, I think, on Thursday. It looks like one or two games against each other. Wilner did think that they were going to get the Oregon-Washington games, so Oregon State, Oregon, and Washington State, Washington, um, to happen. I think it would be like the second weekend of September is when there's opening. So it looks like that could happen. And then whatever out-of-conference games they already have signed. So it looks like you know putting together a schedule for next year would work and kind of going forward. And I think they would have some leeway with that, you know, keep Oregon, Oregon State going, keep Washington, Washington State going, and then kind of figure out what to go from there. My guess would be they keep the, you know, that conference, the entity itself is worth something. Like I said, the $100 million, you know, Pac-12 networks, all that stuff is in there. And then maybe you're adding teams, but the the Mountain West sort of kind of gets absorbed into the remainder, you know, what's left of the Pac-12, like better, they just have better deals and everything to work with. So that'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there. Okay. Um, so thanks for John Wilner. Great reporting there. Uh, before we get into the games, uh, picks against the spread. I actually beat David this week. Of course, he's not here to uh, hear about it. We only had one pick off and uh, that's the one I forgot. It was a Friday night game. Uh, we both got that right. Taking, well, I, I'm sorry. I got it right. Taking Washington state minus four. They won by 3000. So covered. Um, Dave got that one wrong and I forgot to bet that one, uh, on my book yet didn't bet till Saturday morning. So I knew the rest of the picks were going to be bad. Cause I forgot to put that one in when you miss a, a, a sure win, the easiest win of the week. Uh, and yeah, the rest of the week I went, uh, two and three. So I ended up three and three again, then my third week in a row, I'm dead even. Uh, so, okay, you know, I, I'll take it, but still five games above 500. David went two and four. So he fell off his, uh, his horse there, where he was like five and one, two weeks in a row. Uh, he's still well above 500, um, 46, 29 and one. So good, good on David. All right. So let's get to uh, these games. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about our number 12 team Colorado Buffaloes. And our number nine team Washington State Cougars. I'm going to give him a cougar growl because I did pick them and they got it right. And we did a re- get a request in the uh, in the email. It's, you know, I'll, I'll give him a little, I'll throw him a little bone there. Uh, but I, I swore off I would like not after their, was it six game losing streak or whatever it was? Like, uh, yeah. So this was two, four and six teams. Um, it was an absolute beatdown. Washington State 56, Colorado. 14, uh, holy cow. There were a bunch of turnovers in this game. Colorado turned it over three times. Wazoo twice, but uh, Wazoo had 469 yards and uh, Colorado only had 255. Um, Brennan Jackson, monster game for him. He's the first Washington State player with two touchdowns in a single game. He had two fumble recoveries, uh, scoop and scores. So, um, Washington also got a special team score, but, uh, he had a, th- these weren't like two yard scooping scores. He had a 48 yard return and a 78 yard return. Um, Washington state just went all over them. So many, I think there's 14 explosive plays for Washington state in the first half. Shadur Sanders end up uh, going out with an arm and ankle injury. He was just getting beat up back there. It was 42 to seven at the half and the Cougs were getting the ball to start uh, the third quarter. So 
Uh, no bueno there. Uh, Colorado only made it to the red zone once. They had a touchdown. Um, Wazoo was in there uh, four times, three touchdowns, and uh, they turned the ball over once. Um, yeah, so it's, Jackson is the second Pac-12 player on record with three fumble recovery touchdowns in the same season. Shaq Thompson did it back in 2014 for Washington, if you remember that. And uh, so Wazoo had offensive, defensive, and special teams touchdowns in the first quarter, one of each. First time they've done that, all three in one quarter since the second quarter against Oregon back in 2003. So yeah, it was a six-game losing streak. They snapped that. Cam Ward, 18-30, 288 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had two rushing touchdowns in this one, too. Um, so big day for him. Uh, Brennan Jackson had four tackles, one tackle for loss, that two touchdowns, uh, he recovered, you know, that's pretty crazy of what he was able to do. Uh, monster, uh, night for him, uh, five straight losses for Colorado. They are not going bowling. Um, second straight season with a five game conference losing streak. So that was bad. Uh, largest margin of defeat this season. For the Buffs, um, not not good. 42 first-half points, most allowed in a half since they did it uh, against Utah last year in the season finale. Um, yeah, not good. Shador Sanders left the game in the second quarter. He didn't return. He was 6 of 10 for 86 yards, and he was sacked four times. Ryan Staub comes in 5 of 14 for 56 yards. Uh, not Not that good there. So this was not pretty. Washington State kind of got got their shit right, I guess you could say, and uh, yeah, this was uh, this was not good. Um, you know, they had a they just looked broken after the UCLA game, showed some life uh, last week, and then they come out and get the big win this week. So, congrats to the Cougs. Um, but yeah, there was uh, that was not not pretty from Colorado. So we'll see what they can do next week against. Uh, the Utes, uh, not looking good. Okay, uh, our number 11 team. Stanford Cardinal. Uh, they, this was big game. They were hosting our number eight team. California Golden Bears. Yeah, uh, Dave and I both got this one wrong. We both were on Stanford plus six and a half. Thought at the home they would give a little... Get a little juice. There was uh, no juice to be had for the Stanford Cardinal. It was 27 to 15. Cal gets the win. Um, pretty consistent. Cal scores seven in the first, seven in the second, seven in the third, and six in the fourth. In very Stanford fashion, they scored three in the first, three in the second, and then nine uh, in the third. So it's the third straight big game win, road win for Cal. It's the first time winning three straight at Stanford since they did six straight way back in like the 30s to 50s. So that was pretty crazy. Um, Jay Knott, uh, big game for him. 36 carries, 166 yards. And he had a rushing touchdown, so almost five yards of carry for him. It was the most rushing yards by Kyle running back in big games since Shane Vereen had 193 way back in 2009. And uh, Fernando Mendoza, He's the first Cal quarterback with at least three passing touchdowns in big games since Kevin Riley had three in 2008. Um, Stanford only had one red zone trip, and uh, they kicked a field goal. Very Stanford-y. Um, no turnovers for the Cardinal, so that was good, but they only had 290 total yards, where Cal had 455, so sort of a reverse of the Wazoo-Colorado uh, game there. They did turn the ball over once. In the red zone, but the other four times, other three times they went, uh, they scored three touchdowns. So Cal was able to kind of capitalize on most of those trips. Uh, yeah, and you know, it was one of those things that for for Cal, you know, we've seen them have life, and then other times we've seen them not. And same thing for Stanford. It was just like in the other rivalry game, we weren't sure which team was going to show up. I think Cal just showed up more. Uh, Mendoza. 24 of 36, 294 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw that pick that was in the uh, the red zone. Um, yeah, uh, Tron, Tron Grizel had seven catches, uh, 136 yards and two receiving touchdowns on 10 targets. So 
pretty nice uh, night for him there. It's the most yards by a Cal player in big games since 2019. So kudos to that. Um, Stanford, 0-6 at home this season. They were the only Power 5 team that didn't win a game at home. How crazy is that? Uh, they've lost eight straight at home, dating back to last season. Uh, scored 20 points or fewer each of their last three losses against Cal. And, uh, yeah, it just was bad. Um, Stanford had nine penalties in this one for 88 yards. Uh, not good. Uh, Ashton Daniels, 18-35, 188 yards and a touchdown. Um, 200 or fewer passing yards in three straight games. So that's bad. It was just, you know, not a good night for uh, Stanford. Big win for Cal. So we got Cal up a little bit higher in the power rankings, and we got Stanford back down to uh, number 11 there. So uh, that was definitely um, no bueno. Okay, our next game, we've got number 10. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> and still number one. Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Woo! Uh, a lot of blowouts this weekend. Uh, 49 to 13. Uh, Oregon beats Arizona State. Uh, it was 42-0 at halftime. Uh, that is the not a good way to start for Kenny Dillingham going against his old team. Uh, we were both wrong on this one as well. We thought Arizona State could keep it close and not that close, but lose by like 21. No, they, no, no, that was not, no, that was almost like the first quarter. 23 and a half point spread. Uh, Arizona State could not cover, not even close. Oregon scored quick. Uh, Arizona State drove quickly and missed a field goal. And uh, that sort of was all she wrote. 21 nothing in the first quarter. So almost covered the spread in the first quarter. When I was watching, it looked like you had big humans on the Oregon side. Like they would have these big plays, a uh, lot of running after the catch, yards after the catch. Big humans blocking small humans. And uh, that's sort of what it looked like. Um, I saw the, uh, you know, with the swinging gate sort of thing where you had like three linemen stuff. That worked really well against UCLA, not so much uh, against um, Oregon. So, I you know, I give Kenny Dillingham credit for trying some stuff. It confused UCLA. I don't know if just Oregon saw it on film or just came and blew up plays, but they blew up plays. Um Halfway through the second quarter, Bo Nix already had four TD passes. He ends up getting six in the first half, and then he's just like, okay, I'm done. Uh, ASU, like, when he had four TD passes, Arizona State had four rushing yards, so that's that's kind of bad. There's a similar stat in the uh, in the other rivalry game we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Scadaboo, uh, yeah, he threw this ball up in the air, a pick that went to like the two-yard line. I think it was late in the second quarter, and uh, – yeah, so like he's rolling. I think he was rolling out to his left or something and just throws this ball up. Looks like a punt that Oregon just receives at the two-yard line. And uh, Nick's, and you're like, okay, whatever. It's it's 35 nothing. Maybe ASU can get some points in it. But Nick's goes 98 yards in a minute, so they go up 42 nothing at half. It was just insane. He was uh, 22 of 27, 381 passing yards in the first half with six touchdowns. He finished with like a little over four, and then he was done. Um, but yeah, that was just... Another blitzkrieg, uh, another just dominant performance by Oregon. 603 total yards to Arizona State's 316. Or Oregon did turn it over a couple times, but it didn't really matter. Uh, one turnover in the red zone, but uh, three touchdowns out of their four trips. And 49-13, uh, like we said, was the final. He's the first, uh, Bo Nick's first uh, Pac-12 quarterback since Luke Falk had uh, six touchdowns in the first half. Uh, Luke Falk did it back in 2015. And he's the first duck since Achilles Smith, uh, with 400 plus passing yards in consecutive games. He had he over 400 against uh, USC last week too. It's also Nix has tied a single uh, Oregon game single record for passing touchdowns, uh, something Herbert did back in uh, 2016. So huge night for him. Um, Troy Franklin, also big night, eight catches, 128 yards, two receiving touchdowns on nine targets. He has 13 receiving touchdowns this season, which is a new Oregon single-season record. Um, so pretty monster uh, night for him and monster season. Uh, Patrick Herbert, you remember him, uh, the brother 
of Justin. Three catches, 78 yards, um, and two receiving touchdowns on just three targets. So pretty uh, pretty nice night um, for him. Trenton Borgay did play in this one. He was 20 of 37, 142 yards, so he couldn't really do much. Uh, Scadaboo, eight, eight carries for 49 yards. He had a couple punts. <laughs> um, yeah, but only uh, eight carries. That's not enough. I mean, you need him to be able to do more. So really ugly game for ASU. We've seen them come out with signs of life, and that's what David and I thought they would do. You know, Oregon looked okay against USC, even though Nick's threw for 400 yards. But, man, they came out on the road and looked really good. So they didn't look really good against USC, but they just overmatched uh, Arizona State. It was just – it was not pretty – Holy cow, boom, boom, boom. Just uh, It was over before you even knew what was going on. No danger of covering in this one. So, uh, yeah, ASU, yikes, that was bad. Um, okay, our next game, we've got number seven. USC Trojans. Uh, just because, I don't know, it's hard to put them lower, but, uh, but they kind of look like they should be lower. And number six. UCLA Bruins. <laughs> Again, a team that hasn't looked great, but looked good in this one. And there's just so many low spots that it's just hard to put people there because people have looked so bad. And these teams have beat a couple of those teams or whatever. But anyway, uh, the Crosstown Showdown in Los Angeles in the Coliseum. Uh, We thought there was a team that might not show up. David and I both got this one wrong. We took USC uh, minus, um, what were they, minus six in this one? Yeah, we both took USC. Nope. This was uh, UCLA ends up winning it 38 to 20. Um, USC was a team that didn't show up in this one. And UCLA maybe rallying around that report that Chip Kelly was going to be fired. We didn't know if that would be the case. We said that could happen. Uh, we said that one team could rally and the other team couldn't. One team could care, one the other team couldn't. They could both care, they could both not care. One team cared, one team didn't. And the team that cared won, and that was UCLA. The first quarter, USC had a turnover on downs. A punt, a fumble, and then an interception. So that's sort of how USC came out of the gate in, in this one. Um, UCLA, Ethan Garbers, again, USC's defense allows teams to look like they're studs. He had a career high, three touchdowns in this one. So, I mean, it's it's funny covering this team week after week. Whoever they play, first of all, it was three straight weeks where the Pac-12 Offensive player of the week played against USC. That didn't happen this week because, uh, you know, Bo Nix went bananas. Well, we don't know what happened this week, but uh, it's not been voted on yet. But yes, it'll probably be Bo Nix again. Uh, but Garber's got his career high and touchdown, three touchdowns. He was 18 to 31, 155 yards. Um, and TJ Harden had a career high, 142 rushing yards. It was a career high carries, 22 carries. Um, that's only a second career game over hundred yards, 142 yards and a rushing touchdown. He also had two catches for 16 yards and a receiving touchdown. It's his first career game with a rushing and receiving touchdown. So these are the kind of things that USC just allows, you know, one of the worst, if not the worst offense we've seen in the PAC 12 look like a decent offense in PAC 12 play this season, UCLA scored more than 28 points one time. And that was when they played Stanford. They scored 42. Of course, against USC, they get it. So it's the first time UCLA has won consecutive games in the Coliseum since they won four straight from 93 to 97. And uh, they converted 13 of 20 third down attempts. It's the most third down conversions in program history on record since 1996. So that's a lot. Another sort of record for UCLA. Brendan Rice um, has 12 receiving touchdowns. It's the most by a Trojan since Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar had... 12 in 2014. He had a monster 74-yard bomb from Caleb Williams that looked cool. But outside of that, it was a lot of meh. USC was only 4 of 13 on third downs. Really struggled in the red zone. Uh, UCLA had six trips to the red zone, four touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, They didn't turn the ball over. USC outgained them uh, 387 yards to 354. But USC's red zone issues, four trips, only one touchdown and two field goals. So both teams missed a field goal as well. Caleb Williams, he threw 384 yards, um, 31 to 42, one touchdown, one pick. Um, 
Uh, Marshawn Lloyd didn't get that much run. He had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So defensive touchdown for UCLA. Um, yeah, and U- USC had three rushing yards. So the fewest at home since 1996 when they ran for minus 14 at Washington or versus Washington in the Coliseum. So Ethan Garbers, three touchdown passes, USC, three rushing yards. So all that stuff, no bueno for the Trojans. Uh, looks like Chip Kelly's going to be keeping his job unless maybe they get blown out by Cal or something, but I don't see that happening. Lincoln Riley's got to circle the wagons because they lost five of their last six games. They were preseason number five in the country, started off 6-0, and didn't look good at 6-0, but they were still 6-0, and and then just absolutely shit the bed down the road. So that one, yeah. So the rivalry games, uh, both road teams won. Cal wins at Stanford and UCLA wins at USC. All right, let's talk about the two games that we had between uh, ranked opponents. So we have uh, number five. Utah Utes. And uh, they are taking on our number three team. Arizona Wildcats. Wow. All right. Um, this one was on Pac-12 Network for some ridiculous reason. Uh, but you had Arizona hosting Utah. The uh, final score, Arizona 42, Utah 18. So absolute blowout city again. Arizona was up 21-0 after the uh, first quarter. Uh, Utah scored late, and uh, Arizona threw a long touchdown pass late. We'll get into that in a second. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Arizona's looking like a really, really good team right now. Um, So we did hear that uh, Utah was missing some guys. Uh, Kareen Reed, Cole Bishop, Jonah Ellis, they were all out. Um, But like I said, 21-0 after the first quarter. Uh, Arizona ended up rushing the field after this win. So that was a little, I believe they did. Um, yeah. And they, you know, Utah scores late. Arizona throws a touchdown pass with 32 seconds left when Jane Delora gets in the game. And, uh, you know, I think Kyle Whittingham said, you know, they're going to run a play. We got to stop them. Uh, I don't have an issue. I think, you know, as far as what, uh, Jed Fish did, you know, Utah scores onside kick and they're going for, you know, so I, we've seen that happen. Like if you're going to take a knee, We'll take a knee. If you're going to try to score, we're going to try to score. So I don't have a big issue, but um, really close yardage wise, which is kind of funny, even though the score was super lopsided, 443 yards for Arizona. Utah actually had more, 453 yards, but the Utes turned it over twice. Um, Only two touchdowns and five red zone trips, two turnovers in the red zone. So that's going to hurt you. uh, And one field goal attempt. Um, Arizona had three red zone trips, two touchdowns and one field goal miss. Uh, they were very efficient, both teams on third down. Arizona was 7 of 11, and Utah was 11 of 21. So they moved the ball pretty well. They were able to hold the ball. Um, it's the first time this season that Utah's lost consecutive games, uh, first time since or in the same season since uh, 2021. So um, it's been a while since they've done that. Bryson Barnes threw the ball 53 times, 320 yards is career high. Two touchdowns, but two picks, like I said, in the red zone picks. Not uh, not good uh, there. Uh, Devon uh, Valet, uh, nine catches, 111 yards, and one touchdown on 15 targets. So he was kind of the go-to guy on the night. Uh, for Arizona, it was the most wins they've had in a season since 2014. And they won 10 that year. Uh, six conference wins is the most they've had since they had seven in 2014. They got a chance to get one more. Um, yeah, Noah Fafita, 22 of 30, 253 yards, two touchdowns. He had uh, at least 200 passing yards in all seven of his starts. And we weren't sure if we'd see Jaden Delora. Looks like he was healthy because he came in, in uh, late in this game. So Fafita did take over, even though uh, Delora is healthy again. So good, good on him. That's what everyone thought should happen. Jonah Coleman, he had 90 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, on 14 carries, so pretty efficient day. Six and a half uh, yards per carry for him. And uh, T-Mac, uh, he was uh, a monster. <laughs> Eight catches, 116 yards, um, and a touchdown. So second straight game for him with 100 receiving yards. 
I didn't know if Jacob Calvin was going to play, but he did get two catches for five yard, uh, five yards. I'm sorry, two receptions and uh, a five yard touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry, so two receiving yard, two receptions for five yards. Um, and uh, so I think it was he has the active longest active streak, 55 straight games with a reception. But I, th- uh, I believe it was Jason Shearer's report. It didn't look like he was going to play. So. Um, then he got in there, got a catch and then sort of moved on. So Anthony Ward blocked a punt that he returned for a touchdown. So that was a big one, the big special team score in this, but, um, yeah, five straight conference wins for Arizona. That's amazing. Um, and they've played four, they've won games over AP ranked teams four times this season. Uh, that's the most. Any uh, that most wins over an AP ranked opponents in FBS, so no one's done that this year besides Arizona, beating four teams that are ranked in the uh, air uh, the AP poll. The first two touchdowns, uh, one came on a pass from T Mac, and uh, the other and the other touchdown came on a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown. Like we talked about so T Mac, yeah, had the 616 yards um, receiving, but he also threw a touchdown pass in this one. So he was the first Arizona player to have a receiving touchdown and a passing touchdown the same game since 1996. So a lot of stuff since 1996. Um, all right. So, yeah, big win uh, for Arizona. They are still alive in the uh, conference championship race. Uh, they needed Oregon to lose, and they got to take care of business against rival uh, ASU. So congrats to uh, the Wildcats. Huge win there. We got one last game to get to. And it's our number four team. Oregon State Beavers. And they're hosting our number two team. Washington Huskies. <laughs> you know, I thought about making Washington one, but I still think Oregon's looking better. But they're going to get a chance, uh, but you know, to, to kind of settle us on the field. But this was another sort of close win. Uh, we both got this right. Um, Oregon State was favored by two and a half. And uh, we took the dogs and thought it would be like kind of a close win. And it was, this was a really ugly rainy night. Um, There was a bad snap on a punt that the punter ended up kicking it out of the back of the end zone for a safety. And that ended up being the difference in the game. If you can believe that Um, Jabbar Muhammad for Washington had two interceptions, four pass breakups and a fumble recovery. Um, so kudos to him. That was a, he had a huge night, uh, in the Washington secondary. It's funny. Washington didn't score, uh, in the second half of this one. Um, yeah, they were up 22, 10 at halftime and did not score in the third or the fourth quarter. Pretty, uh, crazy. Um, only 272 total yards for Washington in this one. Like I said, it was hard. I think the receivers had a hard time catching the ball um Michael Penix was you know pretty mediocre eight uh, 13 of 28 162 yards and two touchdowns didn't throw a pick he did th- run the ball three times for 22 yards and a touchdown he, he went in stretches in this game where he did absolutely nothing and then would find like Roma Duze for touchdown he ended up having two touchdown receptions uh target 11 times seven catches for 106 yards um, it's his seventh game with hundred receiving yards this year and 13th game overall. Cause he had six of them last season. First Husky with seven games of hundred receiving yards in a season since Reggie Williams did it way back in 2002. And he has 11 touchdown receptions this year, most by Husky since 2016. So big night, uh, for him. And, but yeah, there, there were stretches where it just looks like Penix couldn't do very much. And they showed a graphic of his hand. Like, you know, he has huge hands. It didn't seem like gripping the ball was the, as big of an issue. But, you know, things might have slipped a little bit. I think for receivers, they had a little bit more of a, a hard time for that. Um, Washington had a safety in consecutive games, which is kind of cool. First time they've recorded, you know, that on record that they did that. Uh, but that safety ended up being the difference in the game. It was 22 to 20. Washington, uh, Oregon State scores 10 of the first. Seven in the first, I'm sorry, 10 in the first half. Seven in the first quarter, three in the second quarter, seven in the third quarter, got a field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, Oregon State was only three of 12 on uh, third down, so I think that kind of hurt. Four red zone trips. They needed to score more touchdowns. Uh, every They got in the red zone every time, so it wasn't like they were scoring on explosive plays. 
but only two were touchdowns and then two field goals. They turned the ball over three times, which really killed them. Even though they outgained Washington 319 to 272. It was a nine-game home winning streak for the Beavs that snapped. Um, DJU, uh, 15 of 31, 166 yards, two picks, um, no touchdowns. He did carry the ball six times for 53 yards, averaging almost nine yards a, a carry there. So um, that was his career high, actually, in yards per carry. Damian Martinez, but I don't know why he's throwing the ball 31 times in this one. In the rain, Damian Martinez, 26 carries, and it wasn't enough. 123 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He caught a couple passes for 44 yards. Um, he has six rushing touchdowns combined in the last two games. So first time that's happened since Jokins Rogers did in 2010. Um, Anthony Gould, five receptions, 36 yards. Uh, so it's just one of those things where I think they threw the ball a little bit too much. Um, you know, they couldn't convert on third downs. They had a harder time in the red zone. Uh, they only have five combined third down conversions in the last two games. That's that's bad. So you got to be able to convert on third downs, move those chains a little bit more. But it was a sloppy, just tough night out there. Uh, for Washington going 11-0, and like they're winning games. Uh, they even covered this one. They weren't a, a favorite because it wasn't at home. Uh, first time 11-0 since 1991. So kudos to, to the... Uh, to the Huskies and they have a chance if they beat Washington state next week to uh, be undefeated in Pac-12 conference play, which I don't believe has happened before. So pretty cool there. Um, Washington has eight wins versus AP top 25 opponents uh, since Kalen DeBoer took over and six of them only been by one score. So they're winning some of these close games. Um, Pretty cool uh, for the Huskies and uh, Oregon state. Like I said, they dropped down to number 15 in the AP poll. They were 11 in the, uh, Cultural playoff rankings, so we'll kind of see where they they end up there. But um, this was, you know, another sort of missed opportunity. Some questionable coaching decisions again by Jonathan Smith. But it's, you know, in the rain, it's just hard to kind of like be too judgy when the the conditions were just pretty, just pretty shitty overall uh, for both teams. Um, but Washington looked in control early, and they sort of kind of hung on to win this one. But they got the win against a quality opponent, a top fifteen team. You get the win, uh, you know, arguably top 10 team. Uh, they were number 10 in the AP poll, I believe. So get the win, and uh, that's kind of just what you need to do. Uh, and they did in this one, so kudos to the Huskies. They are punch- they punched their ticket, and they just got to get a win against Washington State next week, who, like I said, looked uh, better than what we had seen um, in weeks past. All right, it's a lot. Talked a lot there for 45 minutes straight. Let's take a quick break. Come back in a minute and we will uh, take your questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back here, or I'm back here, on the podcast of Champions, talking all things 
Pac-12 football and uh, recapped all the Week 12 action, gave you all the news and notes of what was going on. I want to get to some questions, and then we'll let you all go. Um, we've got a bunch of emails. Let's see. Well, we have a voicemail. Why don't we start with that? Here we go. Hey, Brian and Steve. Trevor here. So I had an awesome time at the Coliseum on Saturday uh, watching my beloved alma mater end the most disappointing season since, uh, I don't know, Game of Thrones by uh, getting bludgeoned to death by their sad sack crosstown rivals. Just mwah, chef's kiss of an experience. Really glad I paid thousands of dollars to USC for the right to buy tickets to watch that. Uh, also pretty glad that I apparently now get to fund the NIL program, at least according to my email inbox. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, USC is a hedge fund with a couple of classrooms, no? And they did just blow up the Pac-12 after 100 years uh, to go get more money from another conference, and yet I'm the one who has to pay the players, apparently? Awesome. What a system the uh, NCAA and the schools all get to pretend to be against. Wait, so you're saying the players will finally get paid? Everyone will get off our backs about that. Uh, but we don't have to be the ones to pay them? Our idiot fans will do it for us? Answer, Yes. Uh, the 80 fans will do it for you, and I have a House of Victory sweatshirt somewhere in my closet to prove it. But I digress, boys. I wanted to call to say that the Lincoln-Riley experience is really starting to feel like we Trojan fans are on an episode of Dateline, where we are the wealthy retired widower, and Lincoln-Riley is the beautiful, successful 38-year-old new gal in town. And I fully expect our daughter to be giving an interview to Keith Morrison sometime soon in which she says, you know, Lincoln seemed so great when he first showed up and seemed to be exactly what Dad needed. But along the way, he just seemed to change. And I got to say, at least the wealthy widower uh, at the end of that experience gets the sweet release of death after uh, ingesting several small doses of antifreeze in his morning coffee every day. All I'm going to get at the end of this experience, boys, is several years further removed from the last time I felt true happiness, which was, of course, 2004. But uh, at least when this experience ends, I know that Chip Kelly will still be coaching at UCLA, and so I can take some solace in that. All right, boys. Have a great week. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, yeah, David will love to hear that um, you're happy about Chip Kelly sticking around. For another 10, 15 years or whatever. That's good. Uh, no, uh, thank you for the voicemail and funny <laughs> analogy there. They're, uh, you know, covering the site, covering the team on the website and seeing on Twitter, the USC fan base is definitely, or a lot, a, a good portion of them are over sort of this Lincoln Riley uh, era. And uh, it was a disaster. I mean, I think they overachieved in year one, winning 11 games, certainly underachieved in year two. And I think if you're a USC fan, Trevor, for you, you do have to realize how bad it was and all the Clay Helton jokes, everything like they were just awful, that there was so much that needed to be fixed, fixed uh, that it was going to take a little while. We haven't seen Lincoln Riley build a program. We've seen him take over a successful program. Um, this is still a rebuild. And uh, they took a step backwards in year two, which is you don't want to see. He did wake, make one tough decision, getting rid of Alex Grinch. Um, we'll see. I think they have to do more of that. Um, I think they worried about a lot of the wrong things. And David called this when they were 6-0. and He said Lincoln Riley's acting like he's an embattled head coach, not a, not a top 10 coach, or a you know, top 10 team that hasn't lost a game yet. But he was acting like they were embattled, and they ended up going out and losing five of the last six games. So... It's going to be a really interesting offseason. We'll see if, if they end up hiring somebody good for defensive coordinator. That could get people excited again. But, man, yeah, that's, uh, it was it was bad. Uh, the, the defense, they've given up the most points they've ever given up. It was like 490. I forget what the number was. But the most points they've ever given up in a season. So you kind of had three years in a row where historically bad defense looks like the worst you've ever seen in 2021 when Clay Hilton gets fired. 2022 says, hold my beer. This is the worst defense ever. And then 2023, again, hold my beer. Here's my bong. Uh, I'm going to show you what the worst defense could really, really look like. And we're going to collapse at the end of the season. And that's what they did. All right. Bob has a legal affairs email. Says, Since we're on the topic of legal issues in the Pac-12, I vaguely remember Dave saying that he took the SLSAT in the past. Uh, just wondering, what did you score on it and what year was it? 
Uh, Bob, he's not here, and I have no idea. And we'll see if he remembers to look back at this one. But um, yeah, you can ask him again if you want and see what he got on the LSAT. Go Bruins, super chat suggestion. POC guys, I love the show, but I have a humble suggestion. Any super chat that gets a, quote, thank you, and any super chat with an actual question slash topic gets discussed for some time prorated by the dollar amount. In other words, the current format slash joke has lost its luster. Love you. Doug from San Francisco, go Bruins. Um, thanks, Doug. I Yeah, I agree. Like, it was a fun bit. We don't need to keep that going. Now, it's Dave's bit. It's not mine. And you're a Bruin fan, so you can, like, tell him directly because he's probably not listening to this. But I think that's a great suggestion. If someone gives, like, two bucks and they say, tell me about your favorite Civil War uh, battle, you could say Gettysburg and move on. If someone gives you, like, 40 bucks, and Dave wants to go on all in and, and just kind of describe in, uh, a long time of what's going on. I think that makes more sense. So, um, yeah, maybe prorate it for, you know, based on the amount of money that was donated. Appreciate that one. Um, Cameron and CM says a text message. Did you guys, boy, did you boys see the news? Our beautiful boy, Jake Browning is in to replace Joe Burrow. It's his time to shine. Dave, could we be any happier for our boy. Um, let me look this up real quick. I didn't see, I saw that Joe Burrow um, got uh, injured there. Um, and then I guess, uh, yeah, so let's see. Jake Browning is going to be the new starting quarterback. Oh, and I've got, uh, I pulled up a thing that was playing music. That's not good. Um, so he tore a ligament in his right wrist. Um, Bengals are five and five in last place in the FC North, and they're out of the playoff picture right now. Browning is going to make his first NFL start in Week Twelve. Uh, he signed with the Vikings in 2019 as an undrafted free agent when he, out of Washington, as you know. Man, it's been that long. Uh, so he had a Pac-12 title in 2016, if you remember. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Uh, so he went eight of 14 for 68 yards and found uh, Jamar Chase in the end zone uh, in that game, but it was garbage time when he came in there. So, But he's going to be a starter for the rest of the way, so thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Cameron, we have another text message. Unbelievable, this is a serious question at this point, but if both head coaches are here next year, who is better positioned for year one in the Big Ten, USC or UCLA? Keep up the podcasting or whatever we're calling it at this point. Interesting question. Um, both teams, well, UCLA can end on a high note, which will sort of get you some momentum going in. USC is losing their Heisman winning quarterback, almost certainly. Um, I think it's, I think it could go either way. It, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the offseason and who you bring in. UCLA at least has a young quarterback, Dante Morton, that got benched, but, you know, he could be the future. He was a true freshman. Um, USC needs to get a new defensive coordinator. UCLA has got what looks like a really good defensive coordinator and De'Anton Lynn. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think the offseason is going to help determine a lot of that. You know, if USC brings in some other potential Heisman winning quarterback in a transfer portal move, that could change things. If they hire like Jim Leonard at defensive coordinator, that could change things. If they hire Clancy Pendergast, that could change things. So I think a lot of this is going to depend on the offseason. Uh, Mike in Oakland said on sound effects, hello, gents. As the Pac-12 is in, in its current form, sails into the sunset, I would like to request the Cougar growl for Wazoo if you didn't play it already in the recap. I did, but I'll do it again for you. Washington State Cougars. That game with Colorado was just pure domination by the Cougs, which we haven't seen for a long time. The win deserves recognition. Why have you played the Imperial March? Hold on, let me find that. Blast came from the Death Star. That thing's operational. Let the hate flow through you. Yeah, uh, well, the, the Death Star is not operational, <laughs> so that's why we haven't played it. Has something gone wrong with the soundboard? Uh, surely SC is gathering more momentum from the force to unleash a mailstorm as they enter the Big Ten. We'll see if they do. Finally, a question. What are the odds that USC hires current Arizona defensive coordinator, Johnny Nansen to replace 
The unjustly fired Alex Grinch. It would be nice to continue the connection on defense uh, to Washington State. Keep it media. Uh, keep it on medium and go Cougs. Mike in Oakland. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring Johnny Nansen back, but he's done a really good job, and he hasn't really had a track record of showing he can like um, run great defenses. But they've done some really nice things defensively on Arizona. They lost three guys. Keon Barge, who hasn't done much at USC. Christian Rolla Wallace, who's been really good for USC in the secondary. Um, but two defenders they've lost uh, to USC. They added some guys in the portal, though, that maybe weren't as heralded, and they, they've they showed great results. So uh, kudos to uh, Johnny Nansen. Would not have expected him to be one of the top defensive coordinators in the Pac-12, but that's where he is right now. Hugh Janus was right. This is from... Uh, Frank, uh, USC is big, but they turned the ball over every way possible. They turned it over on downs, which led to a score. They threw an interception, which led to a score. The receiver had a ball ripped away from him, which led to a score. The running back fumbled the ball for a scoop and score. Can USC steal away UCLA's defensive coordinator, even if Chip Kelly doesn't get fired? That's DeAnton Lynn. Uh, I don't know. It's his first year guy. Um, they might, might've been impressed with what they saw on the field. We'll see. He said, sign Trojan fans. Dick Stroker, Mike Hunt, Pat McGroin, Amanda Hump, Dixon Butts, uh, Easton Beaver, Eaton Beaver, sorry, Ben Dover, Wilma Dickfit, uh, Vibrator, and Hugh G. Rection. Thanks to all of you guys that signed that email. And we got one last one. Uh, this is from Ryan, a different Ryan. Signature wins. He says, what is each team's signature win? Bees will beat the Dicks. Dicks are built to crush mediocre and bad teams, i.e. 5 a.m. leftovers. They've got pebbles for huevos. The head cockscrew dick, Lanning, who seems like more of a twat, won't know how to handle grade A beef and will blow it again. Dave, congrats on the big win. Six more years, six more years. Uh, And he says, also, is the state of Mississippi, Bizarro, Oregon. Go team. Okay, a signature win uh, for each team. Okay, let me, I got to pull up everyone's schedule here. She's, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I don't think I have all this in front of me, so probably not going to do that. Uh, but Oregon State, if they can beat Oregon, that would certainly be, oh, here, I got schedules here, but I don't even know like all this stuff. So USC, their signature win is against Arizona. Oregon, um, I mean, they beat Utah, they beat, USC, yeah, like they don't have a great, I mean, the best team they play is Washington and they didn't win that game. Uh, Utah beat USC. That could be theirs. Um, They lost to Oregon, lost to Washington. Uh, They lost to Oregon State. They beat UCLA. So maybe that one, we have them ranked a little bit higher. Washington's is Oregon. Oregon State's uh, probably Utah. I would say, um, at this point, um, UCLA, uh, they beat Stanford, they beat USC, uh, they lost to Utah. So maybe USC, a lot of USC signature wins in this one. Uh, Cal, uh, they just beat Stanford. Uh, they beat Washington state, right? So that could be pretty good. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that one. For Washington State, man, they lost so many in a row. They just got that win over Colorado. Oh, they beat Oregon State. That's their signature win for sure. Arizona State, um, they, yeah, what was their Arizona State signature win? Uh, We can skip Arizona State for right now. Arizona um, beat Oregon State. That's pretty good. would that be their best win? They beat four ranked teams. So I think, um, I don't know. It might, yeah, maybe that the Oregon state one, I think that's the highest ranked team. Um, they go that. Okay. So Arizona state beat, uh, Washington state. So that one, and they beat UCLA. So maybe, maybe UCLA is the signature win for Arizona state. Uh, I think they're, they'll be better than uh, Washington State. Stanford, um, they beat uh, Colorado. And uh, 
Yeah. So that would be, I think, uh, I think that would be Stanford's uh, signature win. Sorry, just don't have all the schedules for me. And then Colorado, like early on, I mean, they beat TCU. I guess that would probably be their signature win, right? Because they, um, yeah. So that was an early game for that, but they've lost a bunch recently. So, okay. Uh, sorry, without all that stuff in front of me. Pull that up there. Uh, all right. Well, that was the last uh, question that we got. Thank you for that. Thanks for everyone for uh, tuning in to the podcast of Champions. We appreciate you uh, listening and we appreciate you watching over on our YouTube channel. And uh, this week, we're going to try to do a preview show for the final week of Pac-12 football ever uh, outside of the postseason. I will be going to Vegas. Um, like I said, it's the, the rooms look terrible. But I will get something because i got to cover the USC basketball game too. So I'll go in there. I like going to the – I've gone to every Pac-12 championship game in Vegas, so might as well keep that going. Um, Washington will be there in Vegas for the first time. Will they play Oregon, who's been there before? Or will they be playing Arizona, who's not been there before? We'll have to wait and see. But that's going to wrap things up uh, for Ryan Abraham and the birthday boy, David David Woods, who's not here, but he'll be back. Uh, we'll probably do a show like Friday maybe. Maybe it's live, but it'll be remote because Dave will be in, uh, he will be in uh, Hawaii. So we'll figure out something. I'm going to be out of town as well. I'm traveling. USC has a bye. So I'll be um, back east visiting family for Thanksgiving, which I normally get to, don't get to travel for Thanksgiving, but with the bye week and no Pac-12 championship game for USC, the team I cover, I'll be able to do that. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time.